All right. If we will remain standing for the reading of God's word, we're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 55, as well as John chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 55, and beginning at verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me, and hear, and your soul shall live. Now I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. John chapter 7 and beginning at verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And by the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I want to preach on a simple thought. I want to preach on come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You can be seated this morning in the house of the Lord. Here in Isaiah chapter 55, the prophet begins to, the word of the Lord comes to the prophet and he begins to send out a call. I want you to know this morning that God is calling each and every one of us. And the prophet sends out a call. The call is an invitation that has been extended that is going out. And he said the word that word ho means to it means to listen. It means to pay attention to what's being said. And so the audience that he's speaking to, he is trying to get their attention so that they can hear and understand that what he is speaking, it is serious business. It's not something to take lightly. It's not something to play around with. But he is trying to get their attention so that they can hear what the word of the Lord is saying. And the first thing that 
God begins to address. I'm going to tell you, God knows how to address what our real need is. God knows how to get down to the point and address what is needful in our lives. And he begins to tell them, he says that to the ones that are thirsty, that thirsteth, come, come. He said, and he began to talk about, he didn't just say come anywhere, he said come to the waters. And he said, and he that hath no money, come ye and buy, eat. He said, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I want you to know that what Jesus, what God is trying to offer to each and every one of us here today, I'm going to tell you that no amount of money can purchase what God has for us. You have to understand that what God is offering, it can't be purchased with dollars. It can't be, there is no price on what God has for us. The only way we're going to be able to obtain what God has for us is it's going to come down to us having faith, and it's going to come to us acting on the faith that we proclaim that we have. Um, the writer, he begins to talk about those that are thirsty to come. Come to the waters. I want you to know that there is a place for thirsty people this morning. And when I say thirsty, I'm not talking about some kind of dry feeling that you may have in your throat. Because there is a thirst that goes a whole lot deeper than that. And it's one of the reasons why people search all throughout this world for so many different things as they try to fulfill a void or a longing that is within their spirits. They try to fulfill something that is lacking within them. Uh, they do it through relationships. They try to. Or they may try uh, through possessions and, and obtaining things, uh, whether it's money or whether it's, it's cars or whether it's, it's houses. But you'll find out that as you look at our society that we live in and people that, that it seems like they have so much and that they have obtained the status in this world and, and the notoriety and that everybody knows them and that they're well known, you'll find out that pe inside of those people there is still something that is lacking. There is still something that is missing. As, and it, it, you realize it when you hear things how that people have taken their lives. People that it seemed like they, could, they had everything that you could possibly imagine. They had all, everything that you could think of, they had it. They reached the height of it, of this world, and they, they obtained all of the stuff that we are taught that this is what is going to make us better. This is what's going to fulfill us in this life. And you come to find out that people, and you read about it, and you, you hear about people that have reached that height in this life, but still something is missing in their lives that, that causes them to believe that there's nothing else worth living for, as they figured out that what they lived for, that it was all fake, it was all phony, it was all a mirage. I want you to know that God knows what we have need of this morning. And I want you to know that it's right here in the house of the Lord. It's right here. I'm talking to some people that are thirsty in their spirits, people that are 
longing. That there's something that is missing. There is something that is lacking in. And that they, they, they're searching all over this world. But I got news for you. It's not found in this world. It's not found in this life. It is found in the things of God. It is found in the word of God. And so you'll read in the book of Isaiah, you'll read also where God, um, God is all about, let me tell you, God is all about reconciliation. God is all about bringing people back to him. God is all about removing the barrier that is, in between, that is between him and humanity. God is all about that. Um, I want you to know, a lot of people, when they, are, they come into this life, they don't realize that we are born in this life at odds with God. We're not in good with God. We are at odds with God. And it's all because of the Adam and Eve and their disobedience to the word of God. And how that, because of their act, it has been passed on to everyone that is born after them. The Bible tells us that we are all sinners. That we've all been born in the sin and shaped in iniquity. And that means that everybody that has come after Adam and Eve has a problem within them. And it's a sinful nature that we inherit, that we are born with. So we are at odds with God. We're not in good with God. A lot of people, they'll look at success. They'll look at the fact that they got it going on good, and they think that they're that they, that they okay, that, that, that everything between them and God is okay. But you got to understand that God is not the type of God that because there is problems with, uh, between us and him, he's not the, one, the type of person to retaliate or withhold things from us because we're at odds. He's a loving God. He cares about us. The Bible says that, um, that his reign, it rains on the just and the unjust. So it don't just rain on people that are doing good. It rains on people that are, uh, that are kicking against God, that goes against God's word. God still provides. God still take, takes care of. But you got to understand that God is all about us being reconciliated. You'll read in the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, in verse 18, as he begins to talk, the word comes and he begins to talk to his people. He said, come now. In other words, don't wait till next week and say, I'll do it. Don't wait till next month and say, I'll do it. Don't wait until next year and say, I'll do it. He said, come now and let us reason together. He said, though your sins, he said, your sins, though they be as scarlet, he said, they shall be white as snow. He said, though they be red as chrism, they shall be as wool. He said, in, in, in the next verse, in verse 19, he said, if you are willing and obedient, I'm going to tell you, it first takes a willing mind. It takes someone that is willing to understand that, hey, me and God, we're at odds. And I want to get this thing right. I want to straighten this thing out. I want to get in line with God's word. I don't know about anybody else, but I made up in my mind that I'm going to come to God this morning. I'm going to come to Jesus with my hands lifted up 
and my voice lifted up and let God know that I need you to rearrange my life. I need you to change how I'm thinking. I need you to change how I'm acting. I need a change this morning. How many know that you need a change this morning? How many know that I need something to take place in my life that only can come from God? I need God to change my nature. I need God to change the way I think. I need God to change the way I look at things and the way I perceive things. I need there to be a change in my life. And he, the Lord was telling them, come now. Let us sit down. Let us, let us work out the differences. Let us work out. Let us get on the same page. And I want you to know the page that we need to get on is God's page. God ain't going to come down to our level. Because our level is the wrong way. God ain't going to go about things the way we do it because it's all wrong. It's all warped. It's all, it's our ways are perverse and corrupt. God ain't coming down to that level. God requires that we come to his level. The Bible says that his way are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so is his ways and his thoughts higher than ours. We need to know that God has a better way of doing things. We need to know that God's way is a whole lot better. I want you to know that when you do things God's way, you're not going to have to worry about heartache and pain because God will never let you down. God will never disappoint you. God will never turn his back on you. God will never. He said, I will not forsake. He said, I will not forsake you. Lo, I will always be with you. I'm thankful that I have a God that is on my side this morning that loves me cares about me. And so, the prophet is telling them, come, come. He begins to tell them all the things that would happen, wonderful things that would take place if they would just come and realize. I want you to know that I got to have some faith this morning. I got to believe and I got to have some faith this morning. You know, a lot of times when people come into the house of the Lord or this kind of atmosphere and they see uh, the song, the singing, uh, they see the playing of instruments or they, they hear the preaching or whatever it is, they see people with their hands lifted, uh, voice raised. Um, you may see people leaping for joy. You may see people running in the aisle. And a lot of times when people uh, see that, they begin to begin to be all freaked out and and wondering what's going on, what is happening. This is, this is a little weird. This is a little crazy. Um, this is not what I've known church to be. Well, I want you to know that when you open up this book, and the problem is not too many people are opening up this book. When you open up the word of God, you'll realize that this is how church is supposed to be. You'll find out that church is not supposed to be quiet and dry and, and dull and stale. You know, you'll find out that there is supposed to be life in the house of the Lord. You'll find out that it's supposed to be energetic. You'll find out that it's supposed to be expressive. 
you find out that the Bible encourages us to lift up hands, to lift up holy hands uh, without wrath and without doubting. You'll, real, you'll find out that the word tells us to lift up our voice. Uh, to it, it encourages to dance in the spirit. We ain't just dancing in any kind of way. We dancing in the spirit this morning. And you'll find out that the Bible encourages that. But a lot of people, they look at it weird. Um, they look at it as strange as people worship God and magnify God. But the thing about it is, people don't think it's strange when you go to ball games. And guess what? The very thing that people won't do in the house of the Lord, they'll do it at a ball game. They'll have those hands up. They'll have those voices raised. They'll be jumping up and down. The same thing that people refuse to do in the house of the Lord, they'll go to concerts, their voices will be raised, their hands will be lifted up, they're jumping up and down, they, they, they got, they got t-shirts on that is promoting whoever they are there to see, that the people at the ball stadiums, they got jerseys on, they got people's names on the back of them as they feel this is my team I'm representing my team my hands are in there people are painting their faces they 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 it's just crazy but people are coming to the house of the Lord in this kind of atmosphere and and, they, and it's all weird to them as if they don't understand what is happening I want you to know that what we're doing in here this is what we was created to do I want you to know, you weren't created to magnify people out in the world, the sports idols of this world. You was made to magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that put breath in your body, the one that kept you in your right mind. Listen, the one that has protected you and kept his hand on you and your family. I wasn't here to, I wasn't put here to magnify people. I was put here to magnify the creator of heaven and earth. And that's all I'm doing. I'm getting my hands in the air. I'm opening up my mouth. I'm going to do what I was created to do. And that is the worship and to magnify the Lord. I wasn't created for anything else. And so I want to come to Jesus. I want to come to him and let him know that my life is a wreck. It's a mess. Things are, if we are honest with ourselves, I know we've learned how to put on the facade. We've learned how to put up the wall and to keep people out. Um, as we are, we're not open to letting people in and letting them know What's really going on with us? We put up that facade. We put up that front. And we appear as everything is okay. But I want you to know that God knows that everything is not okay. God knows that there, there's trouble in the homes. God knows that there's trouble in the relationship. God knows that there are financial problems. God knows that people lay up in the middle of the night, tossing and turning, wondering, stressed out about things that they are facing. God knows that people are heartbroken, whether it be a loss of, of, of a relationship or whether there is a health condition. God knows all of these things, and God knows 
what we have need of. And God is here to meet each and every one of our needs. I want you to know that God is a church-going God. I want you to know that God is in this place this morning. Do we believe that? Now, when I said that, some people, what are you talking about? You, they, you talking strange business. This ain't, we ain't strange here. We know, we have faith that God is in this place this morning. And that he ain't just here, he's here to see about me. He's here to see about you. He's here to see about everybody in this place this morning. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That means that right now, God is standing here with his arms stretched out wide, telling people to come. Come, I have what you have need of. I don't know about anybody else, but I come to run into the arms of Jesus Christ this morning. I come to let God know that I've been forsaking you far too long. And I come to realize that you have everything that I have need of. You have it. So there's no time to play games. I got too much going on in my life. Things that are going on in my mind that have me stressed out, that have me troubled, that I'm facing. I don't have time to come as if everything is okay because I know everything is not okay. You'll read in the text where there were people that came to Jesus. And you have to understand that these people's situations were so bad that there was no time to pay, pay, play patty cake. There was no time to mess around. They had a need, and it was a serious one. And they realized just how serious it was. They realized that if we don't get an answer, if I, don't, if I don't get an answer right now, there's no hope. There's no hope for my situation. I'm talking to some people that are heavy in this place this morning. Your spirits are heavy this morning because of things that you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Things that you have faced, things that have occurred, things that are going on. All through it, day after day, the same old thing, the same old stress, the same old, old, um, old problem. And you've tried to fix it on your own. You've tried to work it out on your own. But I want you to know that we don't have the answer. We'll never have the answer. The answer is found in Jesus this morning. Jesus said it like this. He stood up and he said, he said, come. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and that are heavy laden. He said, and I will give you rest. So the Lord, Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh. He is standing and he's telling people to come. I got what you have need of. I know you're laboring. I know you're working. I know you're trying to fix your problems. I know you're trying to find the solution. I know you're heavy laden. I know that the burden that is on your shoulders is too heavy for you. I know it. And I have what you have need of. As he is telling people to come, the Bible teaches that his arms are stretched out all the day long. 
I want you to know it ain't stretched out to certain people. It ain't stressed, stressed out to a certain nationality. It ain't stressed out to certain people that live on certain areas, live in certain areas. His arms are stretched out to everybody all day long. Can you imagine? Think about it. All day long. All day. Arms are stretched out. You'll read the similar, a similar passage in the book of Proverbs. As he, he begins to talk as wisdom is speaking and wisdom saying, my arms are stretched out all day. And you know what? And he said, and nobody regarded. None. People walking by God day after day, arms stretched out. He said, come, hey, that problem that you're stretched on, out of, about, just come. I got what you have need of. My arms are stretched out. They're open to you. They are wide open to you all day. And people walk by as they try to figure things out on their own, as they try to solve problems on their own, as they try to come to the solution on their own. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and thy heavy laden. He said, and I will give you rest. And he wasn't talking about any kind of rest. He said it would be a rest for your soul. In other words, he wasn't talking about a physical rest. He was talking about a spiritual rest. So, something that was going to cause an individual, that, that problem and those issues to cease in their mind. I don't know about anybody else this morning, but I come to grab a hold of what Jesus has for me. I hear the voice of Jesus crying and saying, come. And I don't know about anybody else, but I come running. I come running with my hands thrown up in the air. I come with my voice lifted up, letting God know that I need you, and I need you right now. I don't want to put on a facade. I don't want to play a game. I don't want to act like everything is okay. You don't want to disregard what God has and what God wants to do in your life. Because I want you to know, it's going to take me understanding that the only answer is Jesus. The only answer is coming to the Lord. The Bible talks about a man that he came to the Lord. He came to the Lord for a problem. He had a problem back at home. The word says that he came to Jesus and seeking for the Lord to come back to his house and to heal his daughter. His daughter, the Bible says that this was his only daughter and the word tells us that as he began to tell Jesus what was happening he goes they're making their way back to this man's home and on his way back Jesus is held up because on his way back you'll read where there was a woman this woman had tried so many different things for 12 long years years. Twelve long years she had tried other, other things. Uh, she went elsewhere and she, she tried to find an answer for her problem somewhere else. For twelve long years the Bible says she had an issue of blood. And the word says that this woman came to, an, to a point where she, she began to say within herself that if I could just touch the hem 
of his garment. She said that I will be made whole. Now I'm going to tell you, in coming to Jesus, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. See, people say, well, I don't want to put forth any kind of effort. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get my hand. I don't want to lift up my hands. See, because in lifting up my hands, I'm putting forth an effort. In lifting up my voice, I'm putting forth an effort. Okay? In clapping my hands, I'm putting forth an effort. That requires, I have to, that requires me having to do something. I just want to sit here and I want God to touch me. It ain't going to happen that way. It ain't going to happen that way. I got to put forth an effort. Because you'll find out that even though this woman said it within herself, she still had to make her way to Jesus. It didn't just happen just because she said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That showed she had faith, but she had to act on that faith that she had. And so this woman, the Bible says she made her way through the press. There was a crowd there, a multitude of people that was there. And this woman had to make her way through each and every person to get to the point where she could grab a hold of the hem of his garment. And the Bible says that when she grabbed a hold of the hem of his garment, that virtue flew from Jesus Christ to her and that this woman was made whole. I want somebody to know this morning, if you want to be made whole, you got to put forth an effort this morning. If you want your situation to get better, if you want it to turn around, it ain't going to just happen by me saying I believe that God can. My actions have to show that I really believe that God can. I believe God can fill me with the Holy Ghost, but if I never open up my mouth, I'm not going to receive the Holy Ghost, so I got to get those hands in the air. I got to lift up my voice and I got to call upon the name of the Lord. I got to come to Jesus. The word come means to, it means to come closer to. Or it means a word um, that describes it is nigh. Okay? Did not James tell us that if we would draw nigh unto God, that God would draw nigh unto us. I want you to know that if you make a, an attempt to get close to Jesus or to come to him, I want you to know that God is not going to be standoffish to you. I want you to know that you make that attempt to come and get a, a little bit closer to God, I promise you, you're going to feel the touch of God. You're going to feel the Holy Ghost. You're going to hear his voice. I come to draw close to him this morning. I didn't come to be standoffish to God in my spirit. I come to let God know that I, I need to get a little closer to you. I need to get a closer to what you're trying to do in my life. I come to get close to him. I want to come to him. I want to come running to him this morning. I want to realize that I need him this morning. And so, Jarius, his problem is put on hold while Jesus has to address what has happened. Because he began to say, 
You know what? He began to say, hey, somebody touched me. He felt that virtue flow out of him. He said, somebody has touched me. And they looked at him like he was crazy and said, what do you mean somebody's touched you? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's trying to get a hold of you. Everybody is, is touching you. What do you mean somebody touched you? He said, no, somebody touched me. Something has left me. Somebody has really touched me. I want you to know that it does, I want to really touch him this morning. I really want to touch him this morning. Because you'll find out that in a, a multitude or a group or a crowd of people, yeah, everybody is, everybody is, is, is got their hands up. Everybody is speaking. But you know what? I want my words to really touch him. Because Jesus said, he talked about a group of people. He said, these people, they draw close with their lips. But you know what? He said, their hearts are far from me. That means he's speaking of a people that they are speaking words. But the words are not connected to the heart. The heart is somewhere else. It's thinking about something else. It's just words that are being spoken in the air. They're vain words, okay? And this, this crowd that was around him, everybody, yeah, everybody was touching him, but this woman really touched him. She really got a hold of him. It was something inside of her. She was, she was in tune to what was going on and what was happening. She grabbed a hold of him, and she touched him, and he felt that. Listen, I want him to feel what I'm saying this morning. I want him to feel my words this morning. I don't want them to just be mere old words that I'm speaking because I'm trying to get this thing over and done with. No, I don't want it to end. I need something from God this morning. I need him to touch my life. I need him to touch my family's life. I need him to save me. So I got to come to Jesus. I got to come to Jesus and I've got to bring him my broken life. He can put it back together. He can fix it. I'm going to tell you, we can't fix our brokenness. The truth is, we're going to make things worse than what they are. The Bible says that woman, before she came to Jesus, you want to know how her life was? As she trusted in many physicians, many people that proclaimed they had an answer. Can you imagine 12 long years each and every time going to the doctor, hoping and praying that this time it's going to work out, this time it's going to come together, this time everything is going to be okay? You'll find out that people will go through life. Relationship after relationship, heartache after heartache, and each and every time they're hoping that things are going to get a little bit better. But I want you to know, you can't expect a different result by being, doing the same thing. You're not going to get a different result. You're going to get the same old thing. So many people go through life trying to fulfill that emptiness, trying to fulfill that void. Listen, it's in all of us. That emptiness and that void feeling that you feel 
It's in each and every one of us. And you got to, we have to understand that the only thing that can fulfill that void and that emptiness is Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Ghost. That's what we all need here this morning. It is the Holy Ghost. Twelve long years, and you know what the Bible said her life was? The, life, the Bible says that after 12 long years, many physicians, her situation only got worse. It got none the better. None the better. Her life didn't turn around until she came to Jesus. It didn't turn around until she made up in her mind, I'm going to get a hold of that, that guy, what he has. And so I have to make it up in my mind I'm going to come to him. Because I'm going to tell you, People don't understand why their lives are the way that it is. They don't understand why their life is so full of turmoil. They don't understand why the world is the way that it is. But I'm going to tell you, until this world makes up its mind that it's going to look toward to Jesus, this world ain't going to get no better. And that's just the way it is. Until I make it up in my mind that I'm going to come to Jesus, I'm not being negative. I'm, not, I'm just going to tell you what the word says. My life ain't going to get no better. It ain't going to get no better until I come to him, until I surrender to he, what he wants to do in my life. You'll read in the book of Hosea, chapter 6, and verse 1. You'll read about a people that began because of their decisions and doing things their own way. Things got bad, and it got bad real quick. But in Hosea chapter 6 and verse 1, you'll read where they made the statement. They said, come, and let us return to the Lord. He said, they said that he has torn us, but he will heal us. The Bible says that he has smitten, he, they said he has smitten us, but he will bind us up. In other words, they were speaking of judgment, things that they had to deal with because they had turned away from the Lord. They had left the Lord. But I want you to know that when you make it up in your mind that I'm going to come to the Lord or I'm going to come to Jesus, I promise you there will be a healing. There will be a putting back together. There will be things coming back together in your life and, and being straightened out. I don't know about anybody else, but I need a healing to take place in my life. And you know what? A physical healing, yeah, that'll be great. But I more than that, I need a spiritual healing this morning. I need God to heal this spirit of mine. I need God to fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I need God to change my life for the good. Come on, somebody. I hope you came this morning to allow God to have his way in your life. I hope you made up in your mind. I'm coming back to the place where there's peace, where there's joy, where happiness can be found, where life abundantly can be found. It is found in Jesus Christ. It is found in Jesus. And so, Jesus stands on that day John chapter 7. And he begins to repeat similar, similar passage 
to what we read in Isaiah chapter 55. And he begins to talk about those that were thirsty. He begins to, he begins to address those that are thirsty. I'm telling you, God knows how to address, address what is really going on in your life and what is really happening. And he began to tell them to come. Come. He said, he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said. It's important that we believe on him the way the word of God says. He that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Bible says that he spake of the spirit. That those that believed on him would receive the Bible says because the Holy Ghost had not yet give, been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. That means he hadn't been crucified yet. He hadn't rose from the grave. He hadn't been buried. He hadn't rose from the grave. He hadn't ascended into heaven just yet. So the Holy Ghost hadn't been poured out yet. But I want you to know that that took place. And the Holy Ghost was poured out in the book of Acts chapter 2. And it's still being poured out today. And God wants to feel each and every one of us with the Holy Ghost this morning. If we would just make up in my, our minds that I'm done running. I'm done rejecting what God wants to do in my life. This may be your first time hearing this. But I want you to know that there's no other way of getting into heaven. And I believe we all are interested in making it into heaven. I believe we're all interested in eternal life this morning. But we got to make it up in our mind that when we hear what we need to do that we don't, we're not like that young rich ruler. That when he heard the word, he came interested in eternal life. Okay? And Jesus Christ told him what he needed to do. But the Bible says that because it teaches that because this young rich ruler realized everything that he had to give up and let go, not realizing that what he was giving up, it didn't compare to what he was going to obtain. It couldn't even compare to it. And the Bible says that he walked away sorrowfully. I got to make sure that that's not my response this morning. Because I want you to know that whatever you have to let go of in this life, I promise you it will not compare to what you will obtain in that life to come. It can't even compare to heaven. It won't even come close to it. And the Bible says that because the only way we're going to make it in the kingdom of God, the Bible tells us, Jesus told Nicodemus, except the man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter in. He cannot enter in. And that, the fulfillment of that, You'll find in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Jesus told them to repent. Not Jesus, but Peter told them to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. He said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, for the promise is unto you, so that unto you was to the crowd that he was talking to that day. And he said unto all that are far off, even as, the Lord, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's us today. That's us today. 
That means the Holy Ghost is for you. The Holy Ghost is for your children. People say, well, I don't believe in that. I, I didn't have to do it. Listen, that's the only way the Bible says. And I want to, Jesus said, he that believeth on me as the scripture have said. I don't want to believe on him the way somebody else has said or the way people down the street are saying across the, around the corner are saying. I want to believe on him the way that the word is saying. I want to come to Jesus. I want to come, listen, I want to come boldly before the throne of grace, or his throne of grace. You know, the world, let us stand this morning. I want to come boldly before his throne of grace as I realize that I am in need of help this morning. Somebody got to realize that you need his help this morning. You need divine, a divine help this morning. We can't do it on our own. And so in the book of Hebrews, the Bible talks about coming boldly before his throne of grace. This world knows all about being bold. They know all about being bold. They're bold in every approach. They're bold when it comes down to their dress. They're bold when it comes down to the, the, the suggestive songs that they put out. They are so bold. And you know what? Their boldness only leads to heartache. It only leads to diseases. It only leads to them losing health because they're bold in the wrong way. But I want you to know that here in the house of the Lord, what you're going to receive, it ain't going to tear you down. It ain't going to hurt you. It ain't going to destroy you. Matter of fact, it's going to save you. So I want to come boldly before his throne of grace. There was a woman. Jesus is sitting down, and he is, he is at, he's eating. He's He's gathered around, and the people that are there with him are of the children of, of the nation, the children of Israel, his people, the Jews. There comes a woman that was not a Jew, and she comes. And she begins to tell him that back home my daughter is vexed with an unclean spirit. So she came to Jesus. She came to him looking for some help, some assistance. As she realized that her problem was, a, was great. And Jesus, you know what he responded to her? He said, it's not meat that, we get, that you give the children's bread. He's talking about the children of Abraham. It's not meat that you give the children's bread to the dogs. Now, that woman could have got a real bad, ugly attitude. That woman could have said, who do you think you are? She could have just told him off. But you know something? I've come to realize that if we're going to obtain anything from God, more importantly, if we're going to be saved, if we're going to be delivered, we got to face the truth about ourselves. We have to face the truth about ourselves. We have to face the truth that, hey, I'm not in line with God's word. The way I'm living my life, 
it is not the right way. It is not. And you know why? Because that woman said, truth, Lord. That woman knew the dogs. He was referring to what she was, what she was of, and, and what they practiced and how they lived their lives. She wasn't a Jew. She was a Gentile woman. And she didn't fight. She didn't, she didn't argue about it. She said, truth, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She, don't let that slide by. Don't let that fly over your head. She confessed something that they couldn't even realize. And that he was the master. He was the master. He was the one. And because of that, Jesus talked about that woman's faith that day, and she received what she had need of. She, didn't, she realized that her need was a whole lot greater than being offended. She realized that her need was a whole lot greater than trying to get the last word. She realized that her need was a whole lot greater than trying to offend how she lived her life. She realized that everything that he said, it was true. And because of it, she got what she had need of that day. Come on, I didn't come to argue against God. I come to be front. I come to be up front with God and let him know, yeah, I, I realize that I'm wrong with you. I realize that my life is not right, but I know that you can change it. I know that you can fix it. I know that you can put it back together. I know that you can put it back in order the way that it needs to be, according to your word. Let us lift up our hands this morning. And let us lift up our voice this morning. Oh, come on, somebody. Lift up your voice. Come, running, come, running, come on, I'll come boldly come before his throne of grace this morning. The mercy seat. Where Jesus come on, I need Jesus. Calling, I come to let him know that I need him this morning. His blood is Somebody lift no up your voice. Lift up your hands this morning. Provide a healing. I'm come on, I can allow anything to stop me from coming to Jesus.